This is Lincoln Stoller of MindStrengthBalance.com speaking a piece called Intellectuals Are Narcissists. Dysfunctional personalities define progress and then inhibit it. Quote, Narcissism is a personality trait often equated with self-enhancement and intellectual enhancers are liked by their close friends, and they become increasingly popular over time. End quote. Michael Duffner. Quote, the influence of narcissism on so many aspects of science calls into question its very objectivity. End quote. Bruno Lemaitre. Quoted in The Guardian. Reading Science. I've been involved in intellectual pursuits as a scientist and now as a non-fiction author. I've been a card-carrying scientist, but I didn't like the community. I also avoid the community of authors. I've worked with executives in finance and manufacturing. My family introduced me to visual artists, and I've had many connections with musicians. Scientific writing is famous for being difficult to read. In physics, you're considered superior if you express yourself in ways that the fewest people can understand. This seems to be true in other fields, like philosophy, but it's not the case in engineering, anthropology, or biology. Each field has its own ethic of collaboration. Academics tend toward the pretentious, but express different attitudes in different fields. I used to wonder why some fields had exploitative hierarchies and others less so. I assumed it had some functional or historical precedent. I now believe it's personal. People are attracted to those fields because the professional behavior suits their personalities. In psychology, where practitioners have a clinical versus an academic approach, there was always a greater acceptance of women and minorities. This wasn't because psychology was clinical, but because it was more practical. You can better serve a diverse community with a diversity of practitioners. In physics, white male privilege has been the norm, and I suspect it still is. Although institutional politics have changed, the same unpleasant people still exert control at high levels. Because physics tends to be expensive, institutional, political, and military, it continues to be controlled from the top down. What communities do for us. When you work as a student, an apprentice, or in a less powerful position, you can never be sure what authorities are thinking. Guiding attitudes are hidden in communities that may pretend to be democratic, but are not. In top-down, legacy institutions, such as physics and the military, there is no pretense of democracy. I've been in clubs and organizations that pretend to be inclusive and respectful of all members, but maintain hierarchies that support hidden prejudice. 
Groups tend to form around people who share similar beliefs, and they often form in defense of them. False democracies are everywhere. We create communities to protect ourselves from racism, sexism, ageism, and other prejudices. We create layers of trust to protect ourselves, and the more predatory the environments, the more insular are the communities we create inside them. I find prejudice when I go outside of any community. Family, friends, colleagues, clubs, religions, countries, and so on. You might say that prejudice is simply an overly general rule for being discerning. When you see a person who you find threatening, you warn your friends in simple ways. In groups where you feel less protected, people become more defensive and insecure. You may become hypervigilant and overstressed. If you can't regain a sense of comfort, then over time you'll become paranoid and neurotic. Intellect is the tool we use to justify our thoughts and actions. We feel safer in smaller groups that allow us to be emotional. Being emotional allows more expression and creates vulnerability. In contrast, being intellectual fosters false identities that make it easier to hide our feelings and easier to interpret the signals of others. We take intellectual messages at face value. Academia is purgatory. I often wonder why I have such a bad feeling around academics, and intellectuals especially. I'm bothered by both intellectuals and authoritarians, and I realize that it's a similar aspect of both that bothers me. It's the pretense and the prejudice. I've always been more comfortable in the presence of artisans, inventors, performers, and explorers. I now realize this is because intellectuals are inherently lacking in self-knowledge, and the result is a need to create a false, protective personality. Exploiting the vulnerabilities of others for one's own advantage is a definition of narcissism. Predators and prey naturally evolve where there is opportunity, and human systems create such opportunities because human systems are fluid and unstable. I've found the greatest amount of institutionalized narcissism in physics, and there may be an argument for this. This could just be the result of my experience, but I've been involved in many disciplines and other cultures. I believe the more one is alienated from one's emotions, the more vulnerable you are to becoming narcissistic, and the more tolerant you become of the narcissism of others. This might be a hard point to prove, because you need to know the emotional, physical, and spiritual sides of people. You need to know people more deeply. I've known great scientists who were spiritual, creative, and emotional, and I've known other great scientists who lacked all these qualities. 
It's fairly easy to tell one from the other if you're sensitive to these aspects of personality. Quote, Grandiose narcissism is essentially unrelated to objectively assessed intelligence, which matches the fact that most personality traits have no substantial correlation with objectively assessed intelligence. End quote. Marcin Zajankowski. In science, most people are morally insensitive, and the good people and the bad people are not differentiated. You would be mistaken if you thought science was blind to personality and was a community based on merit. Science is egalitarian around the edges, but at its core, it's based on power. Productivity is more based on power than on ideas. The politics of power rewards manipulators and people who seek power. Their skills may be intellectual or managerial, but the external reward is prestige and control. The internal rewards can be spiritual, but such rewards can't be easily given or shared. Some people can share their heartfelt feelings with others, but intellectuals generally can't. In this way, intellectual pursuits and intellectual institutions breed dark people. Quote, Scientists are not always driven solely by a pure desire for truth, but rather, to use the term in its psychological sense, by a strong need to dominate and gain the recognition they consider to be their due, and by a desire to flaunt their success in front of their colleagues. End quote. Bruno Lemaitre from An Essay on Science and Narcissism. As a class, physicists are politically reactionary and socially regressive. There is greater pay inequality, minority exclusion, and creative repression than in other academic fields, with preference accorded to those with power. I find little definitive data, but this is what I gather from the discussions of the American Physical Society, the world's main physics professional organization of which I'm a lifetime member. Quote, the lack of diversity in physics is not only an issue of inequality. It affects the physics we do and the systems we create. In a 2018 study, Luke Holman at the University of Melbourne in Australia and colleagues predicted, we are 258 years from gender parity in authorship of peer-reviewed physics publications. End quote. Just wait. Despite the photos of happy lab students, happy lab students are not rewarded. Physicists are trained to be narcissists. Narcissists are impaired in making moral decisions because they are empathetically dysfunctional. This is the community I know best. But you might apply a similar description to others. Where you'll find the devil... I'm reminded of this in the context of the current interest in J. Robert Oppenheimer. 
I did not know him, but I met many people who did. People are now discussing whether Oppenheimer was acting responsibly in his enthusiasm to create the fission bomb. There is little discussion, as there always seems to be little discussion, about the moral responsibility of the politicians who control the use of weapons. It's perverse that people focus on the machines and not the people who make the decisions about how they'll be used. My criticism of intellectuals might pale in comparison to your criticism of politicians. The politicians who controlled the use of the atom bomb came from the same mold as the German fascists whom they were fighting. There's little doubt that if Hitler's Third Reich had developed a fission bomb, they would have used it. But then, we also would have, and we did. The motivation for developing the bomb was to get it before the Nazis did, but in the end it wasn't necessary. Not to be deterred, we dropped two atom bombs on the Japanese, for whom the bomb was never intended. This partly reflects the insanity of war, but it also reflects the immorality of politicians. Why not drop the first bomb on an unpopulated area? Wouldn't that have made the point? Hiroshima was not a military target. Most of those killed were women and children. President Harry Truman was one of America's most undistinguished leaders, known for his limited international experience, racism, anti-Semitism, and xenophobia. Today, we can thank him for fathering the nuclear arms race and furthering the Cold War and McCarthyism. General Curtis LeMay, commander of strategic bombing operations against Japan and architect of Operation Starvation that targeted Japanese civilians, was supported in his philosophy that, quote, if you kill enough of them, they stop fighting, end quote. When we talk about the morality of the atom bomb, shouldn't we be questioning why we put these people in power? It's easy to question the physicist because he has little power outside his community, but few want to raise the question of how we use power in our larger community. To do that would force us to confront contradictions that would cause hostility among voters. It might change something in the way that examining morally weak scientists will not. It'll be interesting to see whether the morality of scientists changes as the profession becomes more inclusive of women and minorities. Back to science. I've gotten back to reading physics, even returning to some of my graduate textbooks. I long ago recognized that the impetus to make things seem logical and complete works against the need to reveal failures and evolve the field. Quote, The rapid increase in the scale of corporate power and public bureaucracy during the first half of the 20th century pose real challenges for workers, parents, and citizens, and it raised serious questions about how individualism could survive in an age of mass organizations. 
end quote. Ellen Herman. Dave, one of my college physics professors, collected the notes he wrote for our classes and published what's now considered the clearest exposition of undergraduate quantum mechanics. I thought he really understood the material at the time. Now, I realize he both failed to understand the things that needed fixing and hid the things that needed to be questioned. Most authors of physics papers do the same thing. They try to sound like they know what they're talking about. They're jockeying for position and maximizing their publication count. As Einstein sagaciously complained 90 years ago, they confuse the details with erudition. My original complaint was that physicists lacked empathy and suffered from a tendency to be narcissistic. I want to broaden this to a criticism of how the profession is practiced, and this applies to other fields as well. In some fields, failure is an acceptable topic of discussion, but public discussions of failure are rare in science. This is strange, because today's failures are the source of tomorrow's discoveries. You might say there are practical reasons for this, but I would disagree. I think the reasons are personal. The weak moral fiber of scientists cannot support admissions of failure. The field is built on flimsy claims of truth and false erudition. It's a generally unrecognized truth that most of the science that's published in journals today is either false or wrong. Scientists apologize for this, if they apologize at all, by saying that science corrects itself. This may be true, but it's not the point. The point is that science, like religion before it, is predicated on false authority, limited honesty, and no real concern for truth. It's built on power and politics. If you look at the issues facing us globally, it's clear that solutions to these issues will be slow to come in this scientific environment. I'm glad I became a therapist. I now engage deeply with people with whom I have nothing in common and from whom I have nothing to gain, at least not directly. I gain indirectly by learning how people's minds work, something scientists try to hide. One of the reasons I don't fit into the physics community is that I've always been too curious about people. I saw into the hearts of my fellow students and teachers, and what I saw looked ugly. I took it for granted at the time, but I've since learned it was pathological. The students are victims of low self-esteem, being groomed to be tomorrow's narcissists. And the narcissistic professors are the child-abusing priests of tomorrow. We recognize the exclusive structure of science, and we talk about STEM programs that foster more inclusion. We haven't started to talk about the psychological sickness that infects intellectualism. There's some talk of emotional intelligence in business. There's no talk of emotional intelligence in science. Are your intellectual interests thwarted by the unpleasant attitudes of people in your field? 
Let me help you find a way around them. You can schedule a call on my calendar, which you'll find on my website. And if you'd like to read this piece, print it, see its pictures, follow its many references, then you'll find it on my website on the articles page titled Intellectuals Are Narcissists.